Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Megan. And I choose to drink milk-based lattes before recording, and for what? Yeah, samesies. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, mine's not. Eh, it's got cream in it. That's okay. But it's iced coffee. I'm going to try really hard to not make nasty <laughs> mouth noises, but I'm like, mmm, milk, like right, <laughs> right before recording. So whoops a daisy. I think what's worse is I'm going first, so you have time to like sit and fester. <laughs> I guess just let it marinate in my mouth. <laughs> well, because we did the thing where we were starting to fall asleep before recording again. Not fall asleep, but just like, man, I'm really tired. Yeah. So we went and did a quick coffee run. Need a pick me up. Uh, you're hearing this happy. It's happy. Not. It's not Thursday. It's not. Sorry. Uh, technical. It is technically technical difficulties. Mm, yes. But not the technical for recording. Uh, good news is I have a new phone. Wow. It's wow. not a piece of trash anymore. Bad news. It took over three hours to get it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. By the time that was all said and done, I was not in the mood to record. I'm sorry. I just was not. No. So I feel like it's obvious that we're recording late. Otherwise, if we had gotten ahead of our recording, you would have heard it yesterday. Uh, but you, yes. you, yeah, but you didn't. Uh, so, but we're recording it really late, like late enough that we have heard the news. I wanted to talk about just briefly. Yeah, this we whole can't help it. <laughs> submarine nonsense. <sighs> yeah. So. I mean, we're like late enough in recording that we know the end result of this sub situation, which for those of you who have not seen uh, at this point in time when you're listening to it, the the sub exploded. It imploded. Imploded, Which yes. is funny because one of my coworkers actually speculated that. She was like, look, uh, the pressure of them going down that far in that little bitty sub and all of that oxygen, it, the theory is that it imploded. Mm -hmm. she was right maybe she did it maybe it was an inside job oh. not that there was much room inside <laughs> no <laughs> look i know people are probably going to be torn on how they feel about what happened but uh like even our listeners i don't know i've seen some conflicting i'll be honest i've been on both sides on of the fence i started by when i started started seeing memes and funny things i was like oh that's not in good taste yeah but then I saw a thing that was like the efforts that are being put in to find these five billionaires far outweighs the efforts that have been put in to rescue like refugees and immigrants and other people who really, really need help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and suddenly I didn't care anymore. Truthfully yeah. and honestly, I'm so sorry about the people that lost their lives and the families and everything that's going to happen with that, especially the son of DeWood. Yes. Um. He didn't want to be there. Yeah, he he said he was scared, but he did it for a Father's Day thing for his dad. Uh, so that is the only thing I'm sad about. Otherwise, there just go some billionaires that were throwing their money to the wind mm -hmm. it, to not even touch, not even see physically with their own eyeballs the Titanic. Yeah, just the laundry list of things about this trip and how exuberant it is and literally just a way to say I have money. Um absolutely ridiculous and it's so frustrating and yeah i i kind of don't have a ton of sympathy for them i didn't realize until you said that they didn't have a porthole a porthole they didn't have anything to look out of they were actually going to see the titanic on a handheld screen from like a device that they were controlling outside 
of the sub. I don't know if it's handheld, but a screen. The equivalent of a small TV screen is what they were going to see the Titanic on. So they get to float mere feet away from the Titanic and still not physically see it. Still have to see it on a screen. You paid 250,000 pounds or US dollars. dollars. That's apparently up for, I don't know, not up for debate. I've heard both. Regardless, you paid an exorbitant amount of money for what? Yeah. To to watch a really expensive version of the Titanic without the romance. Yeah. You cut out Jack and Rose. That was the good part. Yes. <laughs> like, so, no, I felt sorry at first. I thought it was a little morbid, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that people were making jokes about it. And truthfully, I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think I have much sympathy except for the sun and you know what? a good argument was brought up earlier about how someone said well if tickets were only a hundred dollars you guys wouldn't be throwing a fit like this you exactly. are correct yeah that is 100 percent correct that's yeah. the point ding 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 dude like that's exactly why we're mad <laughs> like i think you thought you were doing something when you said that but you didn't no like you that is the entire point so Ugh. anyway wow <laughs> Um, Anything speaking else of exciting. people we hate. Oh, who? <laughs> what are we talking this about? This week. Oh, what in the world? We do Stop. We're going to list. We're going to lose all two listeners here. Uh, Just there kidding. There are some good people in Texas, y'all. And I, <laughs> I know, know that's where I we know are. a lot of good people from Texas. Not Ted Cruz, but I mean. <laughs> Yikes. I love, there's a bumper sticker around town that says like, Ted Cruz ate my son or something like that. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I, I It's uh, so good for yeah. no reason. But yes, we are in Texas. And uh, unfortunately, you have Ted Cruz. And the second I pulled up data, iOS or whatever yeah, it is, I, I was just like, yeah, I saw his face like, dang on. Um, we are in the exact opposite of a small town. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Whatever. Some things you just can't ignore. No, and we went, we talked about this. We're like, do we go for the obvious? Do we? And uh, yeah, we did. Kind, kind of we, wanted we to. We kind of Can't help it. Because well, it's, I think we've covered some places like this a couple. Kind of. I don't know. What were our other options? Um, I was looking at a ship, the USS Lexington. Mm-hmm. Um, not to spoil, I mean, here were your runners up. Uh, there was also an abandoned town, and I cannot remember the name of the town. Yeah. And then there was a third place. I don't remember. Which, they all seemed cool. I just feel like, not for, like, ease of looking things up, but I just wanted the low-hanging fruit because I thought it'd be cool. I don't know. Well, and as much as I've heard about it and everything, I honestly don't know a ton about it, so. Yeah, so I guess we'll stop beating around that bush. Yeah. And just say, where, where are we? We are in San Antonio, <laughs> Texas. Wonderful. Wonderful. With a population of 1.53 million people. Yikes. <laughs> it is That's, a large town. I know. I feel like I'm going to jump the gun and just say where we are, because I feel like we built it up and built it up, and now we're going to talk about the city. We're at the Alamo. Mm-hmm. That's the Alamo. I 
There are so I know many... <laughs> I'm going to work some jokes in. I'm just going to let them come I was just going to say, we already made jokes in doing it. Like, you're still covering the Alamo, right? You didn't forget? Shut up. I <laughs> oh, <hate> I remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of jokes in that. Probably not a lot, but a, a, a handful of dad jokes are coming yeah, your yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Just hang in there. Okay, so the median age of San Antonio. With a population of 1.53 million, I was actually, I had no expectations. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, with a population that large, I mean, you're going to get the pretty average uh, run of everything, I feel like. Yeah, surprising. Um, Yes, except one number. So the median Mm, age. Household income? No. Or house value? No. Okay, I don't know. Go on. I believe it's that poverty. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, poverty in larger cities I know runs higher. Yeah. So the median age in San Antonio is 33.8. It's a little young. It is. It's on the younger side. Um, I'll go ahead and tell the me- the tell you the median household income is 53,420. I was going to say 75. I was keeping it more reasonable. No, it's low. I thought that was pretty low for San Antonio. Mhm. The median property value is 250. Not. It is $156,700. Hmm. On the low end. Again, Probably that with poverty. so much, yeah, with so much um, land and people, I mean, you're going to have the shanties and you're going to have the mansions. I'm shooting. Are you going to poverty level next? I'll go ahead and hit you with poverty. I'm shooting 23. That is high and it's incorrect. <laughs> oh, dang it. What is it? 17.6. We've Still seen higher. pretty darn high. We've seen somewhere that's 25% and I can't... But it's when you get into those smaller numbers. Like, here's the thing. With a 1.53 million population, I was expecting closer to average. So when I saw 17.6, I was like, good God. Truthfully, I expect expect higher in the larger the city because of gentrification and just pushing Mm -hmm. people to the center. And I don't know. Yeah. Well, the race of this town. Um, Well. (laughs) 65 white? Mm, uh no <laughs> actually that's like way off really yeah what is it so and this is why i like this website we started using as opposed to world population this accounts for the people who check mark white hispanic because apparently you cannot just check mark hispanic it's white hispanic multiracial hispanic yeah i don't know i don't know why it works the way that it works but i assumed that would be high but i thought i was being gracious no, the majority race is white Hispanic at 47.9%. Wow, wow. And then white non-Hispanic is second at 24%. Wow. Yes, yep. Goodness. Multiracial Hispanic is, plus other, I kind of lumped those two together, is it was other Hispanic, multiracial Hispanic, 15.66% together. Mm-hmm. Black or African American is 6.28 and Asian is 2.86 with some others that were a percent or less that I did not count. Okay. So yeah, white population is low, low, probably the lowest we're going to see it in a while. (laughs) Yeah, probably. All right. So if you just Google San Antonio, Texas, like what is Google going to tell you about San Antonio? This is what it's going to tell you. Okay. Okay. San Antonio is a major city in south-central Texas with a rich colonial heritage. The Alamo, 
An 18th century Spanish mission preserved as a museum marks an infamous 1836 battle for Texan independence from Mexico. Following the San Antonio River, the miles-long river walk is a landmark pedestrian promenade lined with cafes and shops. Uh, Hemisphere Park's 750-foot Tower of the Americas overlooks the city. Wow. Fancy. Lots of history, lots of fun places to visit here in San Antonio. I'm sure, yeah. So... That sounded skeptical. That was not... That was not... Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and just dive into the history of the Alamo. There's so much history. Yeah. And... I started to, I was going to go to the Alamo's website. I wanted a little more in-depth background of the Alamo, which seems weird. Like I couldn't get it directly from their website. So then I went to Wikipedia, but then Wikipedia also has a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily want to cover. I was like, what the heck? So I finally (laughs) came across this website called ghostcitytours.com and it gave a pretty, (sighs) Wikipedia is a is a good source. I don't care what they tell you in school. I think it's a good source school. to find other sources yes. as well. It's not a bad place to get information, but it is very textbook. Like, it's it's very dry. It's hard to read. And even me reading my own notes out loud, I was like, Ugh, I'm like losing track. <laughs> right. I said, I got to find something that kind of dumbs it down for me a little bit. And I found, not that Ghost City Tours, that sounds terrible, but I need someone to just kind of be a Spice little more up. loosey-goosey with their writing. Yeah. So I found this. I liked how they wrote it. I'm going with this. And it, I like, I like their order better than mm-hmm. they did. Okay. All right. So here we go. The Alamo. Way back when, before the Alamo earned its nickname, it was known as Mission San Antonio de Valero. Now I'm going to go ahead and apologize for all my Spanish uh, pronunciation. Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I've only got like a couple. I even practiced some words and I was going to like church it up, but I'm white, y'all. I'm so white. I can't. (laughs) We took German. Yeah. Which is like the furthest thing from Spanish. Well, I can't wait to pronounce that name. I know you can't see it. but No, I can't. um, (laughs) Well, you'll hear it. Okay. It was known as the Mission San Antonio de Valero. That's, and the Alamo is actually its nickname. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. The site for the church, so mission and church, just use those interchangeably. When I say mission, I mean church. Okay. The site for the church had been chosen by Father Antonio de San Buenaventura. <laughs> I knew I was going to do you it. You're close. Father Antonio de San Buenaventura. Y- 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 no, I'm sorry. <laughs> a Alvarez. Yeah. It was a long one. That's Alvarez. An O L I V A R. Okay. Alvarez. I thought it was like Alvarez, like A L V E. Yeah. Anyway, it was chosen by him after the monks first established the mission. San Francisco de Solano in Rio Grande Valley had taken a dastardly turn for the worse. So their original mission just went, so they had to find a new place. Yeah. Following the failed establishment near present day, oh my God, Nacodoches. Sounded good to me. Which had the monks fleeing, frightened for their lives, the missionaries gathered under a cottonwood tree along the banks of the San Antonio River. Father Antonio had recalled the spot from nearly 10 years earlier. Okay, so this was like, this has nothing to do with the 
the Alamo at the start. But 10 years later, he's like, hey, I remember that tree we sat under one time. That was a really nice spot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not kidding. And it says 10 years later, as they stood below a cottonwood tree, they decided that it was the it was suitable location to build their mission. Although the site was chosen in 1724, work didn't begin on Mission San Antonio de Valero Stone Church until 1744, so 20 years later. Mm -hmm. The church took its name from St. Anthony of Padua and San Antonio de Valero, the Spanish viceroy at the time the plan had been put into action. All right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Mission San Antonio de Valero would be the first of five such missions built by the Franciscan, I think it's Franciscan, monks along the San Antonio River. But all had been built with singular purpose, to help spread the ideals of Roman Catholicism to the local Native American peoples who inhabited the region. Yes. So, yeah, we're still out here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. indoctrinating. What in the world? Of course. In 1793, so we're jumping ahead almost 50 years, Mm -hmm. the Spanish had begun to secularize their missions, starting with San Antonio de Valero. For a time, the church became the location for the first hospital in Texas. So the Alamo did. It served as a hospital at one point. Mm -hmm. Soon it was outfitted as a fort and was assigned a brand new nickname, Alamo, for the cottonwood tree that Father Antonio had once gathered below nearly 80 years earlier. As it so happened, the word Alamo is Spanish for cottonwood. Oh, well, the more you know. Right? Look at that. It makes me wonder if it's like, not to sound like a poop hole, but is it more like Alamo? Alamo. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I've, I've, Literally all of us call it the Alamo. It's, it yeah. has to be. I call it. You have yet to see this movie, which drives me nuts, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure, that's the, the tour guide, even though she's also extremely white, but Southern, mm-hmm. she says the Alamo. Okay, <laughs> so. well, there we go. Yeah, I haven't, that movie just seems weird to me. It is weird, but it's fun. It's Tim Burton. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> All right, back to the Alamo. I'm not going to do a Southern accent and just upset everybody. Thank goodness. <laughs> the layout of the complex was perfect. For a barracks, of course. Wow. And it was not to anyone's surprise in the building city of San Antonio when by 1803, a company of a hundred heavily armed soldiers and their families moved in. <laughs> Everybody's just taking over, over everything. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. For a period of 32 years, the Alamo's defenders would protect the city from the raiding Apaches and Comanches. But when, I'm pretty sure I said the second one wrong, but that's okay. But when Mexico earned its independence from Spain in 1821, the people of San Antonio and the cavalrymen who called the Alamo home turned to their own hope for freedom from the reigning Mexican regime. There's a lot of history here. I mean, it's a like, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I hope you're following. I'm trying. All right, here we come. Here it is, the big one. Okay. The Texas Revolution. It erupted on October 2nd, 1835, near the town of Gonzales. It erupted then, but it was certainly not over. Mm -hmm. Now, this is is spelled T-E-X-I-A-N. Am I saying Texian? I I wonder if it's a mixture of Mexican and Texans. It is, yeah. I actually heard that in... A video that I watched. So is it Texian? Or is it I-A-N? just Texan? Yeah. It's Texian. Okay. That's when wh- you put the I, because Texans just 
Texan. Yeah, I think I think it's like a hybrid. Mm-hmm. All right, that's why I assume too. But okay, so the Texian troops banded together, driving into San Antonio. December fifth commenced the five-day brutal struggle with the Mexican troops. For three long days, the fight warred on between the Texians and the Santa Ana's brother-in-law, General Martin Perfecto de Cos. What followed was a disturbingly gritty play of house-on-house assaults, snipers seated on the top of roofs as they scoped out their targets below. On the street level, opposing forces clashed together in hand-to-hand combat, where the only sure thing was seeing the face of your killer before your before your eyes slid close and the breath of your body left you. That's so artsy. Yes. So, I mean, extremely bloody, extremely brutal. Um, there was a lot more detail that I got on Wikipedia that I don't have here. But, like, they were wanting to... There was still slavery the, uh, along the Mexican border. They were still owning slaves like the Mexicans who came over mostly illegally having slaves on top of that. And because they were so close to the borders, they gave them like special waivers of the law and said, well, I know slavery is not really cool anymore, but you can have slaves. So that's fine. Like they got all this special treatment. Um, It's a whole mess. And Mexico was trying to push like centralism on these people, which is just like, there is no real hierarchy of peoples. It's just, yeah. they're kind of, if you know what centralism is, that they all just kind of get equal shares. I don't know. It's kind of like capitalism or not capitalism. No, socialism. Uh, socialism. Like, sorry. Ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's like socialism. And um, they didn't want that. They wanted that hierarchy of people. Yeah. Because they didn't. The thing with centralism is it's, it's exactly what it says, is all the power kind of resides equally instead of leaning to the left or to the right. Right. And so that's what there was a, this big fight over slavery, over the centralism, over the segregation and illegal immigrants and so on and so forth. It's a lot going on. Yeah. Okay. Both sides struggled to gain control of the city of San Antonio, but it would ultimately be the Texians who won the street fight, forcing the Mexicans' authorities to surrender. General Koss signed over everything that the Texians demanded, including property, money, ammunition, and weapons. So he's at their mercy at this point. Yeah. He then moved his troops to the Rio Grande, and the Siege of Bear came to a close, which I had to look up how to pronounce that because it's B-E-X-A-R. So if you come across that word at all, it's literally just pronounced bear. Interesting. <laughs> A choice. But their win, the Texians win, was short-lived. Mm, go figure. By January of ni- sorry, 1836, the Texians had re-outfitted the old mission San Antonio de Valero as their home base, the Alamo. Mm-hmm. When Colonel James Bowie, the famed double-edged knife-wielding volunteer soldier, we, that sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he showed up at the church. He'd been given orders from General Sam Houston to blow the Alamo up. They said, quote, line the walls with dynamite and gunpowder. We can't risk letting Santa Ana in to capture any of the weaponry. And Bowie saw the situation differently. Mm-hmm. He took one look at the mission and believed that if the Alamo fell, there was nothing, no barrier, no defense to keep General Santa Ana from infiltrating and recapturing the rest of Texas. So, no, the Alamo would not get blown up. Okay. Because he's like, "Mm, 
need this building. Like, yeah. It's a good barracks where I'm not blowing it up. Sorry. Right. <laughs> and they put, not to mention the fact that Colonel Bowie did not want to have to move two dozen cannons with only 25 men at his disposal. Yeah, that would suck. Everyone yeah. grab a cannon. <laughs> James Bowie and his 25 volunteers were not alone for that much longer. When Colonel William Travis showed up at the Alamo, he did so by bringing a battalion of more than 100 military men up against his 25. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Still, the sum 140 men were not enough. Surely not enough to go after General Santa Ana's troops, which numbered to over a thousand cavalrymen. My gosh. Yeah, they did not stand a chance. No. He, uh, Travis was in desperate need for more help, so he penned the government in Texas, and he sent one frantic missive and another and another. So he's just sending these letters like, help me, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never received a response, and Santa Ana troops were quickly closing in. Great. Mm -hmm. Scary. For what it's worth, luck shined down on Bowie and Travis's men on February 19th when a group of 20 volunteers arrived with notorious Davy Crockett at the helm. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? Crockett was a man of his day. He'd reportedly killed 108 bears in eight months. What are you doing, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> and he supposedly rode alligators as a workout. Okay. Davy Crockett ain't I feel like he's making that up, but okay. I also think so. But to many, Crockett was certifiably insane, but he was perfect for the Texas independence cause. He comes (laughs) riding in on his pet alligators like, slow down, Susan. (laughs) Susan. (laughs) I think I want an alligator named Susan. (laughs) Okay. He rallied behind with the other supporters and helped to round out the number of the Alamo defenders to... 189. Yeah. Yeah. 189 Alamo defenders against more than 1,500 Mexican soldiers. Oh, so we've got we've more soldiers on the other side. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the odds were not in the Texians' favor, but they dug deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in his last plea to the Texas government, Colonel Williams Travis wrote that their efforts at the Alamo would either earn them victory or they would die trying. So he's pretty much like, our blood's on your hands now. <sighs> Not four days later, General Santa Ana and his troops swarmed in, capturing the city of San Antonio. Who saw that coming? Yeah. At the historic San Fernando Church, he rose up a red flag. The red indicated that he would leave no survivors if the revolutionaries did not surrender. Dang, you hear about white flags. I feel like I've not heard much of a red flag. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary stuff. So if you see them come charging in with a red flag... That's signal like, for you're either all you, going to die. Yeah, either you surrender or you all die. That's rough. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Well, the Texans allegedly responded with a single cannon blast and said, go F yourself. And they <laughs> tried anyway. Yeah. And then the battle began. The exact details of the Battle of the Alamo are unknown. Not a single Texian soldier survived. Save one, Colonel William Travis, slave. Not Colonel, not Colonel, Colonel William Travis, but his slave, Joe. Joe! <laughs> who was later released by General Santa Ana on the premise that since Joe had not a choice on whether he fought, he could not be held accountable for standing with the rebels. Man, was he the only one? The only one that survived. The only slave? Uh, no, I'm sure, I'm sure not. <sighs> I don't know, Joe. But they were forced to fight whether they believed on in that side or not. Lord, I don't know if... 
mercy would have been better. I don't know. Like, I'm sure Joe was happy for his life, but also, yikes. Yeah, I know. And he probably, I mean, who knows what he actually thought personally. He could have just changed his mind because he knew it was going to save his life. We don't know. Anyway, the images that have been passed down through the generations are powerful and shocking in their almost tangibility. I can see that. Travis was one of the first to die with his rifle tucked against his shoulder as he unloaded it against those threatened to keep Texas as a part of Mexico. Davy Crockett, remembered for hoisting his musket up high above his head, using the butt of the firearm as a weapon itself because he'd run out of ammunition. Scary, man. Yep. And Colonel James Bowie laid a a bed with typhoid pneumonia, shooting at the enemy as they filtered into his room. So from his deathbed. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Until the opponent's bayonets rained down and carved his body until death. That's horrifying. Mm-hmm. My gosh. I mean, they. I don't know how much of this is fabricated or embellished. Probably a lot. I don't but know. But still, it's not probably not a far cry from what really happened. I just don't... I don't know. I don't want to get too deep into the thought process, but like we hear these stories of war and stuff and how a bunch of men stormed into a room of a dying man and just like Stabbed wrote him their initials death. in his skin with bayonets. And I'm just like, imagine, like, could you even possibly put yourself in that room, in that position on either side? Like, I don't know. I always think of weird things like that with this whole submarine thing. Mm -hmm. I had a moment of like, what if I was in that sub? Like, I can't, I cannot put myself in those positions. Yeah. I would probably have a full-blown panic attack. Mm -hmm. Like, the thought is unfathomable. Yeah. I've got like a teeny tiny bit left and then I'll be done and we can get on to the scary stuff. This isn't scary enough. Yeah. Okay. It said that the rallying call could be heard all throughout as the Alamo defenders fought to their very last breath. Their heroism would be stamped into memory for all of eternity, although their physical bodies would be treated as nothing more than a war trophy. Good God. General Santa Ana refused to grant the Texas defenders a proper burial following Mexico's victory at the ruthless and bloody Battle of the Alamo, so wouldn't even let them be buried as soldiers, as men, as anything. Yeah. Their bodies were mounted on three pyres and lit into flames. (sighs) Others were buried in mass graves. Others were simply thrown carelessly into the San Antonio River. According to the story, the bodies were later gathered together and placed inside an unmarked grave, but there is little knowledge as to where that might be. Three weeks later, General Sam Houston would defeat Santa Ana at the Battle of San Jacinto. I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. By present-day Houston, some 200 miles east of San Antonio. Their numbers had been greatly hurt by the fight of the Alamo with over 1,500 Mexican soldiers dead and more than 500 wounded, so... They got, Jesus, uh, yeah. yeah, stomped. At the Battle of San, I just said it, Jacinto? Yeah. Santa Ana would ultimately admit his defeat. Texas gained its independence. But the souls of the Battle of the Alamo still remain, haunting the historic mission now as they did even then. Wow. The end. <laughs> the end. So, Good night. Yeah. I didn't know a ton about the Alamo or the Battle of the Alamo, but like, holy crap. So that's how Texas gained its independence, because that line between Mexico and Texas was pretty blurry 
and laws were kind of uh lawless <laughs> yeah non-existent near the border and it was creeping into texas and yeah mexico was trying to overtake texas so admittedly for my portion i had uh two different sources one of which was actually youtube an informational youtube video um and the the source that Megan showed me ended up having essentially everything that it was in that stupid <laughs> video. And I like watched this video and stopped it and typed it up and took notes and blah, blah, blah. Oh, heck. Man, I hate all that. I might still uh, jump back to some thoughts from it because as I was skimming the notes that you showed me, uh, I think it missed some things as far as like things that have been seen or heard or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'll come back to that. I'm still going to read my first source and because I just got this source from you right before we started recording and I was mad to see that it had a lot of it. <laughs> if something overlaps, I don't care. How about that? Take that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is rjaghosttours.com. This is where this little tidbit is coming from. A history of hauntings. Have you ever walked into a building where the atmosphere suddenly feels different? Oh. <laughs> Whether you're a firm believer in the paranormal or not, it's hard to deny that the atmosphere of some historical locations feels active and alive in ways that are hard to explain. That is fact. Because I went to, like, for example, I went to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown, right? Uh -huh. And I went to the site of the Battle of Yorktown and stood where the dips of the cannons took out the, the ground and, like, where they had built up uh, land masses as barriers and mm -hmm. you see like if you know about how they like lined everybody up and walked them out of Yorktown while singing like kind of like drinking songs or something to them as they were as they were what's ushering them out of Yorktown uh -huh. that strip of walk where they walked you can see it like you can oh. walk that trail and it like gives me a little cold chills that's all no I and the feeling is, ooh, I it's mean, this spooky. sounds crazy, but we've been to like Arlington Cemetery, which is also like hard to fathom all those people. But it's Sorry. also it's not there's the, one there had to be one. <laughs> it's not the site where it happened, you know. It's it's just the graveyard where they have put all these headstones. So yeah, that's very powerful. But it, to be standing on the actual ground where thousands of people lost their lives, like. The people who got to visit or who get to visit, um, just because I, you know, we are deep into the German history with the classes we've taken in the past, but like to be able to go and see Auschwitz and see the Berlin Wall, what's left of it and mm -hmm. how impactful that can be. Yeah. Like, I mean, in like physical history, like I'm a very physical uh, like I need to touch things, feel things kind of person. Yeah. And like uh, Lafayette. Marquis de Lafayette, his mm -hmm. cannon is at Yorktown. I don't, it's like as far away from I am, as far away as I am from you. I don't think you're supposed to touch it, but it's like, here's his cannon that he <laughs> used. And it's just like, ooh, it's a lot. Yeah. Anyway, with a history that involves a great deal of death concentrated over a small area, the Alamo is one such location with a heavy atmosphere. Casualties from the Battle of the Alamo were burned thrown in the San Antonio River and buried in mass graves, it's no surprise that a location with such a violent and storied history is now home to a great deal of paranormal sightings that continue to the present day. The Alamo's Paranormal Residence. Why do I have to sneeze? Oh my god. 
That'd be a new one. I don't know if we've sneezed in a recording yet. Surprisingly, no. I don't know how. I don't think we have. Maddie could never, (laughs) never. (laughs) My gosh. But, oh, I'm going to wait. Maybe it's not here. Kelsey. Yay. (laughs) I burped. That's it. (laughs) Visitors to the Alamo have reported unexplainable occurrences ever since the deadly battle. It was said that Mexican soldiers who attempted to tear the structure down after the battle were stopped by... And now, do I want to get into that? Because I feel like it's going to get into this on the other source. I'm going to skip it for now. Okay. In the decades that have passed since the battle, countless tales of apparitions of the long-dead soldiers, whispers and footsteps, and other unexplained occurrences, such as sighting a thing that I'll also get into, have been reported. (laughs) Okay. So, okay, it did cover quite a bit. So we're going to jump over to GhostCityTours.com to cover the other things. Ghostly Defenders of the Alamo. Uh, It was not long after the battle had ended that the first sightings of specters at the Alamo began to surface. Mere days had slipped past since the end of the bloodshed when General Santa Ana mandated that the historic church be burned to the ground. Now... is this the story that you told that yeah, he's like, Bowie get was rid of like, it? Um, no. <laughs> Let me see if it says Bowie. No, I think this is a different, I think this is a different situation because oh, it's uh, General Andra- Andrade. Oh yeah, I don't, yeah. I did not have that name. I'm try- I'm probably trying to church that name up also. It just looks, and it looks like Android, but oh. I highly doubt. Yeah, I'm trying to see who asked Bowie to... It was General Sam Houston. Okay, so everybody wants to get rid of the Alamo for some reason. Why? (laughs) Don't. Uh, So nobody else takes it over, I guess. Anyway, Santa Ana wanted it torn down as well. The thought that the Texians might see the mission as a shrine to those who had rebelled against him made Santa Ana furious. So it's just a... He didn't want to commemorate, have anything to commemorate. He's a big baby. Yeah. So I won and I want to make sure everyone knows I won. You can't, yeah, they, he didn't want them to use it as a memorial. He's like, you can't even have that. No. So angry, actually, so angry, <clears throat> actually, that he ordered his field commander, General Andrade, to bring a, a group of cavalrymen out, what? Cavalrymen out to the site and see that the whole place was alit in flames. Mm-mm. Doing as he was told, Andrade agreed and sent his men. If I'm churching that name up, I'm so sorry, but I, d- <laughs> again, don't care. Uh, when they arrived at the Alamo, however, they were quick to turn back around and return to the Mexican army camp. Andrade demanded to know why that they why they had not completed the task. Shaken and white-faced, one of his men stepped back. He regaled Andrade of the six Diablos who had stood before the Alamo. Ah. Each spirit held a flaming sword encircling the group of soldiers as they blocked the entrance to the mission. What? They'd feared destroying the church and what might happen if to them if they did. Rumors circulated that the entities protecting the Alamo were those men who died during the battle, while others claimed that vigilant specters must have been the old Franciscan monks guarding their mission. Well, yeah. Either way, like, these, these men who have seen the horrors of war were yeah. scared off by something that wasn't even there. They right. said six men... He, they... Uh, Santa Ana's men called them demons. Uh-huh. Most people speculate it's probably the monks. Uh, surrounded them with flaming swords. Yeah. yeah, I know. I was like, that's very different. <laughs> yeah. uh, surrounded them with flaming swords and chased them off. And I don't think it says that's it on here, BA. but the video I watched says, uh, what did they say? Uh, do not touch. I put it in quotes somewhere. Oh, they said, do not touch the Alamo. Do not touch these walls. Oh. And scared them away. Yikes. 
but General Andretti only scoffed at the tale of warriors ghost, warrior ghosts and the terrified expressions on his men's faces. He'd go there himself then. He enlisted a few men and set off toward the Alamo, Santa Ana's orders to burn the place down ringing loud in his ears. When he arrived, he directed his troops to the Long House barracks. Only this time, instead of the sword-wielding ghosts at the front gates, Andrade spotted a tall male spirit rise up on the roof of the barracks. Clasped in each hand was a ball consumed in fire. Why? Why fire? I don't know. And the fact that, like, he's like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Like, that's not real. Went and saw this other, you know, specter, if you will. Yeah. With flaming hands. Yikes. Uh, he felt that, oh, the specter held out the flaming weapons and the Mexican soldiers dropped to their knees. The heels of their palms dug into their eyes to block out the sight, but it was no good. They feared for their lives. Oh, goodness. Andrade left the mission well enough alone, hightailing it out of San Antonio with his troops as fast as they could march. <laughs> Which, like, don't, <laughs> don't run. Doop, 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 doop. Like, that's when power walking started. The hips. Oh, my gosh. You ever seen power walkers? Hips? Yes. Terrifying. Yes, Terrifying. Worse than the worse than war. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Holy crap. That's so intense. Yes. Obviously a joke, but their hips are can't be real. They anyway. don't lie. Andrade left the mission. I already said that. Neither they nor General Santa Ana ever returned to the Alamo, and the mission would fall into ruin within the next 10 years. Disappearing spirits. Oh. By 1846, Texas had been annexed into the United States, and the old Alamo was then converted into a complex for the U.S. Army. But in 1871, the decision came to demolish part of the old church, leaving only the old barracks in the church. They really just do not want Why? this. Why? Yeah. The dismantlement never came. When the newspapers voiced the destruction of the historic mission San Antonio de, de la Vero, you see? Yeah. Uh, sightings of ghosts wandering the grounds of the church began to be reported, almost all of them coming from the guests staying at the Menger Hotel just across the plaza, which the Menger Hotel is also rumored to be haunted. Oh. Those staying at the hotel swore they'd seen the spirits of a long-ago mar army marching up and down the path in front of the Alamo. Some of the apparitions disappeared into the walls of the building, and others stood guard all night as if protecting the site from anything or anyone who might seek to tear it down. Mm -hmm. Rather hastily, plans to alter or tear down the Alamo were put to rest, and it became home to a police headquarters and a jail instead. Nice. She's seen a lot of lives. Yeah. Though the sightings of the spirits never ceased. Between 1894 and 1897, the local newspaper, the San Antonio Express News, published a series of articles which highlighted the almost freakish paranormal phenomenon occurring at the Alamo. Dang. The reports described the ghostly guards which marched up along the roof of the police station, the dark figures roaming the corridors at night, and the distinct sounds of moaning that woke the staff and prisoners. E. Yeah. Soon, the activity was so vibrant, so alive in its frequency, that guards started to refuse to be on patrol uh, on night shift. The policemen were furious, but no one would take those shifts in fear of running across one of the many ghosts of the Alamo still haunting the grounds, and the prison was forced to move not long after that. God dang, they're serious. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, men are, we're assuming these are men because of the time and everything, Yeah. are too proud to admit when they're scared, when they can't handle something, literally anything. Uh, proud is a word, stupid. Yeah. Um, and uh, the fact that they had to relocate this prison and 
police station because so many men refused. But you know, some people are like, don't be a, a, yeah. s- a specific word. And right. uh, no, none of them. None of them. The dead who rise, other spirits of the Alamo. Oh. Long before the Battle of the Alamo occurred in 1836, the site on which the Alamo and the plaza sit was once the cemetery for the city of San Antonio. Between the years 1724 and 1793, it is estimated that nearly a thousand people were buried on this land. Then the battle transpired and the number, number of dead whose blood ran into the soil increased by tenfold. It is said that often construction workers doing work in the Alamo Plaza sometimes pull up skulls and bones. <laughs> I think I think that still happens today. I can't remember. I can only imagine. I mean... Yeah. Is it possible that many of these souls still haunt the site that marked their graves? I, I, would, I would put money on it. Another thing that I skipped in my last notes is the little boy of the Alamo. Yeah. Why is there always a little kid where a little kid shouldn't be? Well, like you said, and I don't know if it's going to say it here, but like families of these soldiers moved in that's right so i mean like yeah it was a barracks one of the most commonly spotted ghosts at the old mission is that of a blonde-haired boy he's seen most often in the upstairs left window which is now part of the alamo's gift shop yay (laughs) it's always a gift shop as the story goes it is believed that the little boy was evacuated during the siege of the alamo Though he survived, it's thought that perhaps his parents did not, and his spirit returns over and over again to the site where he last saw them. During the month of February, his little ghost is seen most frequently. I don't know why they had to say little ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I couldn't remember if he was one that they thought... (sighs) See, I think I heard another story where he didn't make it. Like, he was fleeing... His dad had, you know, died in the war. He was fleeing, and in fleeing, uh, some of Santa Ana's men mm-hmm. thought he was a guard fleeing and shot him as well or something like that. <sighs> I don't know. I'm sure there's different stories on that, but point is he does come back to try to find his parents is what they assume. Yeah. So sad. The Mexican soldier. Along the outer walls of the Alamo, the ghostly figure of what is believed to be a Mexican soldier has been seen by tourists and locals alike. Meandering the grounds, his hands are always clasped behind his back, his chin tilted down. He shakes his head somberly. Like, people always, this is what he's always doing. Huh. Uh, hello? Oh, okay. <laughs> Although it can't be proven one way or another, this ghostly soldier is believed to be General Manuel Fernandez de Castriano. De, Castri- de Castrian. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Decastrian because you don't usually pronounce double L's. Not like that. A yeah. It's not like, like a Y. Yeah. I think. One of Santa Ana's commanders. He was one of Santa Ana's commanders who refused to lay siege to the Alamo. After the last of the firefight on the eve of the battle came to an end, six men were bought to, brought to Castrion to surrender. The general offered the men his protection, but Santa Ana refused this act of truce and ordered the Texians' executions. Infuriated when Castrion refused to follow orders, Santa Ana murdered the man himself, the men himself, hacking them to death with sharp-bladed sabers and almost killed Castrion. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, and I think I heard that Castrion refused uh, to lay siege to the Alamo because he's like, this is going to be a bloodbath and I'm not going to be a part of it. 
Yeah. So, and it was unfortunately more for the Texians than them, but like, I don't know if there was a number thrown out for how many Mexican soldiers were lost there, but it was a lot. Yeah, I mean. It was like hundreds, hundreds. Held their own for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Father and son. Uh. I know. Various reports have surfaced over the years of seeing the apparitions of a man and a child up on the rooftop of the Alamo. Oh. The spirits are always seen just after sunrise, but then the image distills, jerks, as the ghostly man wraps his arm around the child and leaps off of the parapet to the ground below. Why? Mm -hmm. No. It would seem that these ghostly figures are a case of residual energy. For during the last moments of the Battle of the Alamo, General Andrade and the other Mexican soldiers glanced up and were horrified to see a, quote, tall, thin man with a small child in his arms leap to the ground from the parapet at the rear of the Alamo church. Basically, I mean, one of the soldiers and his family was there. Mm -hmm. He knew it was going to be like, I mean, probably when the red flag happened. Yeah. He's like. We're gonna I'm die, doing this on yeah. my own terms, and he took his son to the roof and jumped. I mean, I wonder if they jumped with the hope of, like, maybe we'll land and make the landing, and... I highly I doubt it. Know. I highly doubt it. I'm trying... God dang it. <laughs> yeah, no, that one... That one got me. That one's sad. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing is, you see them do that over... That's all you the see residual. them do is jump. Yeah. That that's just what they're constantly doing, and... Mm-hmm. and they feel like i don't know if it's mentioned in here but they feel as if there are so many spirits here because they didn't give any of them a proper burial so it was like there it said something like they couldn't go to heaven they couldn't go to hell all they could do was keep going to war oh no that's awful mm-hmm. jesus yeah it's not good Paranormal phenomenon! Yay! Yay. Since the close of the Battle of the Alamo in 1836, the number of ghosts and paranormal activity at the old mission has not lessened, but increased. A ghostly guard is still spotted on the south side of the roof, especially on nights when it's rainy and cold. Visitors of the Alamo, which became a museum in 1905, have expressed feeling very melancholy when wandering through the main chapel area of the mission complex. I feel like that would just be a natural reaction anyway, but... No, this feels like a really sad place. Yeah. Some have even felt so depressed that tears leap to their eyes and they are powerless to control their erratic emotions. Again, I don't know how much of that is paranormal versus you're just moved by standing in the same place they stood. Well, no, I told I like I said, I was emotional, like physically emotional, like cold chill style at Yorktown. Just seeing where the men marched out of Yorktown was mm-hmm. like, Bleh. well, and so, especially if you are a Texas native or even, you know, on in Mexico, if you're a native from either side and you visit this place, it's like, Jesus. Listen, I feel like some people who are like, yeah, Texas, it's starting to make a little bit of sense. Because, like, here in Indiana, there was nothing... I mean, this there was something to fight for. We fought Native Americans. Everybody did. That is crappy. That is a whole other conversation. But yeah. we didn't have to, like, claim our land in a very bloody fashion from borders from anybody else like we just showed up and we're like we got this one and this one and this one texas like really had to fight for it yeah and i feel like it is a ton of history and probably rightfully so to be 
I feel like people who Why love so Texas proud. like love Texas. Yeah. I know it's making a little I, more sense. Yes, I came in not necessarily guns blazing, but guns uh, smoking. Yeah, and I was like, I'm probably gonna try to hold back my jokes, hold back my jeers at Texas. I mean, I did get you there with te- Ted Cruz, but like, come on, yeah. that's yeah. still I mean, he did eat that guy's son. So. <laughs> he did. Um, but no, I feel like the love that people have for Texas is not unfounded. Mm-hmm. It's making more sense now. I'm, I'm, the camaraderie is there. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird when you just do some research, how, and you just keep an open mind about things. Not that I'm not saying like I hated Texas before this, but I'm like, y'all are obsessed. Like, what right. in the world is with this, like, Yo, oh, Texas. And it's also not to say that we aren't like feeling for Mexico either, because like everyone has their own <sighs> sad background and sad story beginnings upbringings like they you know from every side someone sees the other person as the villain i don't know that oh, just yeah. is what it is yeah i don't know it's just i feel like hopefully what we're saying is making sense this is just uh it makes more sense now yeah uh i'm almost done others have reported hearing disembodied voices whispers as though the spirits are still experiencing the worry of the impending battle and phantom footsteps mm. It seems that even for those who chose to visit the Mission San Antonio de, de Lavero, the ghosts which still haunt the old church grounds have one singular purpose for remaining, to make sure that all who visit forever remember the Alamo. Oh. Yeah. I did leave out some of the fanciful writing. Between each uh, person that it explained how they died, it said, remember the Alamo between each one. Oh, I, I mean, see. that would be pretty impactful if I read it that way. Yeah. But no, it would be. It I would did. Be. I left it out, but... Yeah, between every person, every colonel, um, it said, remember the Alamo. I will say there's just a few things that weren't mentioned in there that were mentioned in my original notes, which is in addition to, well, here it says, in later years, the Alamo was briefly used as a hold for prisoners, but they and guards complained of hearing moans, screaming, explosions, and even a subdued trumpet playing El Deguelo. The Spanish Call of No Quarter, which I don't know what that means. I should have looked it up. Mm. Uh, but it was the the uh, song that the dictator, Santa Ana, ordered be played on the battlefield during the attack on the fort. Oh, God. So they're hearing the the song that was played while everyone died. What was that song again? I'm just curious. <laughs> El Deguelo, so E-L... D-I-G-U-E-L-O. I'm afraid to hear it now. Should we play it? It's a bugle call. Yeah, I mean, go for it. This is what they heard when they were dying. Fancy with guitar. It's so sad. <laughs> it feels so. What's a call of no quarter? Is what I wanted to know. But it's so slow and um. Yep, and then I will go ahead and simmer out with that one. But mm, I got a little bit of chills there. No, I know it's um. <laughs> Call of no quarters, no quarter during military conflict implies that combatants would not be taken prisoner, but killed. 
cool. The Great. cold chills. Yeah. So no quarter meant no no prisoners, everyone dies. So every possible way he could put in their face, like... You're going to die today. Coming in with a bigger army, knowing... I mean, if by some grace of God, the Texians were able to defeat him and his army, they were outnumbered by, like, tenfold. Literal tenfold. Yeah, Liam. And we knew they weren't going to win, but they weren't going down without a fight. So he was just bound and determined to, I don't know, humiliate them to the last, to the, their last breath, you know? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. I know that did, that was icky. I didn't like the way all that felt and sounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to end it on a less sad <laughs> and melancholy note, uh, surprisingly, another spirit seen on more than one occasion at the Alamo is actor John Wayne. Which seems random. What are you doing? (laughs) He directed and starred in a movie about the Alamo called The The Alamo. Alamo. There you go. And they said he was like, he visited the Alamo multiple times and apparently spent $1.5 million or something. I don't know if they meant today's dollars or then dollars to build an exact replica for the filming of the Alamo. But he got like super absorbed in the history of the Alamo. And he was said to be seen having conversations with the spirits of the defenders at the Alamo. People would see him talking to no one. Casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a whole mess of other spirits that I didn't cover. I said it's like a mess there. Oh, no. <laughs> but even so, even with my additions, they there were still other spirits that it's like, you see stuff here, you see stuff in this building, at the hotel, in the gift shop, in the in the fields, on the parapets, on the... I'm like, bull. Yeah. But, like, I sort of see why. Yeah, you know, I know we said last week the Bell Witch was probably our most well-known um, haunted location. Up until that point. Yeah, to be <laughs> fair, though, I guess I did never necessarily looked at the Alamo as a haunted location. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Uh, hopefully it opens your eyes a little bit. If You know, as Americans ourselves, not even knowing all of our own American history, because this is just stuff they don't teach. Um, in not our where defense, we are. In our defense, America's freaking big, dude. Oh, yeah. We don't have time to go through every state, every right. city. Right. If you think about every- it, like the entire country of, say, Germany can fit inside of, say, Texas four times, five times. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of history to be had here granted not as long it kind of sucks though because you are going to learn about what you live by so us being in the midwest we learn about midwest history mostly right and i mean now getting skewed it's kind of scary uh times that we're in with the policing of what is being taught and how it's being taught it's kind of scary yeah but it's it's this weird uh, it's catch-22, because you don't have enough time to learn all the history of the world, let alone your own country, um, and so they only teach you about what's prevalent to your area, therefore you have the same ideals, you grow up with the same knowledge as the people before you, not knowing what outsiders, quote-unquote, are like, and their history and where they come from. I feel like it's probably designed that way. And it just continues to build this divide of we crap on texas all the time 
because it's Texas. And then... Yeah, Texas people, I'm like, y'all are nuts. You're as bad as New England Patriot fans. But they don't have an excuse. You guys kind of do. And I get it now. Yeah. So it's like, look, we broadened our horizon for an hour. And I feel this was weirdly a very history-packed episode. And oh. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I don't even know what she heard. I stopped her so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um... But no, not that not that the history part of our episodes is ever boring, ever. Don't you ever say that. <laughs> I haven't almost fallen asleep listening to the history before. Or reading my own history. <laughs> uh, but I will say, like, when we started this, I'm like, okay, okay. And as we're getting into it, I'm like, dang, all right. This is dark. Um, this is this sad. was a super history-packed episode, and hopefully you guys thought it was as uh, entertaining is a weird word to use, but yeah. as enlightening and interesting as we did. Um, yeah, I was a little skeptical, but like putting our two parts together, Mm -hmm. it's creepy. It is. And it's a creepy, sad place. I want to challenge the listeners and ourselves. Just find something and educate yourself about some place you've never been. You're I've never traveled to just find a state and that you're like, God, I can't stand them. Figure out why you can't stand them. And then maybe think about it a little bit more. I will Texas... immediately be looking up Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You would think as... Colorado, I'm coming for you. I know. You would think as a gay 30s cat, chicken owning, blah, 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 like all the things. <laughs> I fit every stereotype. No. I do not get the hype about Portland. I you just don't. But I'm going to... I'm Florida not going to knock it till I next. try it. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to look at Florida. Stop. No, it's true. It's true. I feel um, a little bit differently now. I still think Texas, y'all are kind of backwards down there. Uh, that that <laughs> some, hasn't left my mind. <laughs> some people, some people, Ted. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> but as far as your history goes, I can see why you're so dang proud and uh, why you fight so hard for what you believe in. The bluest eyes. <laughs> Deep in the heart. They're haunting me yeah. tonight. <laughs> There's so many songs. I know. That's the stars at night. Shut <laughs> Deep, Deep in, in the, the heart of Texas. Okay. <laughs> I think we need to end it there. I know we have to now that we've put it on a lighter note. All right. Yay. Well, next week. Uh-oh. Where are we next week? I know where we are next week. Tennessee, Texas. You got it. Don't hurt Utah? yourself. Utah? There you go. All right. You know what? I said it and now I'm scared. I think we're in Utah. Oh, <laughs> Utah's another. If we're talking about stuff I have predetermined. No, we're not. You know, we settle down. Utah is weeks away. What? Because next week is a fifth Wednesday. Holy crap. <laughs> or Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Whatever day you're hearing this, whenever we decide to post I it, it's our podcast. podcast going on, dude. <laughs> Okay, it's a fifth Thursday. Oh, God. Wonderful. It always sneaks up on us. I don't know. Mm, mm, now I gotta think. The gears are turning. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like all getting crazy about Mormons in my head over here. Now I gotta. <laughs> and then after that, we've gotta tell you about where we visited the week That's... after. So Utah <sighs> is weeks away. Not even thinking about you, Utah, in the nicest way. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess that's it. And we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Okay, bye. That's all. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsotheysaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok all at orsotheysaypod. 
If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've captured during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See See you you next week. week.